Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 219. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and this show is made possible by Pingdom, Luna Display, and Hover. I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I have Mike Hurley. Hi, welcome back. Hey, it's it's good. It's good to be back. You know, we had a complaint on Twitter that people like when you introduce the show mm-hmm. better than when I introduce the show, and... You know, it's not a very nice thing to say. I, I, I told think, that but... person that they were mean and they apologized. To me, oh, not they? to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'll be waiting. You can find me on Twitter at ISMH. And we have Federico Vitici. Hello, Stephen. Welcome back. It's it's good to be back with you all. I enjoyed my time uh, away. It's actually kind of like my first time off all year, I think. Mm. But it was great. Uh, but I I did I listened to the show. I always listen to, to the show when I miss it. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, starting the show with a topic, having follow up at the end, is chaos. Oh, shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was perfect. I stand by yeah. our decision. We had an important yeah. iPad review episode to do. You waste your time full posters of you. You weren't even on the show. <laughs> the posters are all very good. Yeah. Thank you. But like, we're going to start off the episode. Oh, we have a co-host. He's not on the episode today. Let's talk about pictures people made of him. <laughs> it's like it it's almost a memoriam. It's weird. <laughs> Start the show like that. <laughs> I I greatly enjoyed your iPad Pro review. I was listening, thinking, you know, what could I add to it? And honestly, I think you guys just nailed it. Like, I don't really have anything to add, except that I'm really enjoying the 12.9 inch. The keyboard folio is just okay. I don't hate it as much as Federico does. And uh, I like on this trip, I basically I took my MacBook Pro, but I think I used it once. All the show prep, and you know, I had to do a couple little things in the evening and. I did it on the iPad. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. So yeah, I started downloading a bunch of apps like Affinity Photo and Luma Fusion and stuff like that. Like that's like my next little thing I want to play with. Like I want to play with those like really complex creative apps. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I do not understand Affinity Photo. Whoa, oh, boy, no, I Affinity do Photo not. is re- really hard. <laughs> I've, I've been having fun uh, with Lightroom. Um, okay, I should try that then, maybe. Because I tried to use the... Affinity Photo, and I can't—I just can't understand how to work it. Like, I just have no idea what I'm I doing. I cannot work it out. My One of my problems <laughs> with Affinity Photo is that I think some of the icons are unlabeled. So, like, it doesn't tell yeah. you what each, like, like button does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been having a good time with Lightroom. I've actually been um, talking to some friends uh, of mine. Like, they've, they've been giving me some tips on, like, what the adjustments mean, what you're supposed right. to do like i've been reading online and also been playing with the beta uh with the ipad beta of darkroom which is coming to the ipad and it's really 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 good like it's one of those uis that it it kind of makes sense on the phone but on the ipad is so much better so but um, luma fusion oh my god luma my yeah. god that application is amazing yeah the, uh jonathan morrison who has a youtube tech youtube channel did uh, a video where yeah, he edited I have this i haven't watched it yet but it's I, it's it's wild yeah this has been on my list it's the only reason that i didn't want to talk about it today like in depth is because i haven't yet watched the video okay okay we'll hold it we'll yeah, hold it till but, like, next week you can say like it's amazing like that's cool but like yes. I, I actually want to talk about this but i just haven't gotten around to watching it yet so but. it's in the show notes is the first link you should go check that out it, it really opened my eyes to what these these programs can do because, you know, I think it's easy to say, well, why isn't there Final Cut or Logic? And the reality is there are really good alternatives on the iPad now. Like today, you can go download them. So uh, go check that out. It it really 
I was surprised at how easy it seemed. Uh, you know, he's like a professional. He's great. Like professional he's guy. Really so it's pretty good. Uh, we do want to point people to uh, our Cotton Bureau store. There have been a lot of requests for the AirPod stickers to make a comeback, and they are currently in stock, as I'm saying this. I don't expect that to last. We're doing something kind of fun this time. You can get two AirPod stickers. So you have one for your AirPods now and the one for your AirPower AirPod case <laughs> in three years. And uh, it comes, I have mine right here, with an enamel pin of the Hackett and Hurley like name, uh, logo yeah, type our, thing. Yeah, uh, our pharmaceuticals company. Yes. <laughs> right, that's what it is. It's <laughs> and John, right? Like, that's the joke, mm-hmm. I think. Well, yeah. Or something. Or like Smith yeah. and Smith, you know, like just random insert name There you here. go. There you go. We got it. We found yeah. it. A lot of bleeping in this section now. <laughs> uh, uh, this pen is awesome. The stickers look great. Uh, like I said, there's not many of these, and once they're gone, they're gone. So, uh Go uh, go check that out. Can I also recommend that people go to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com to get Donald yes. tees? This t-shirt. So I, I'm in the design Slack room in the Relay Slack, right, with, with a couple people. And mm-hmm. when I saw these shirts show up, I freaked out. Like, they are so good. And I ordered an orange one the second they were available, and I'm going to wear it basically every day. Yep, it's we're very excited about it, um, and I only I I've only mentioned it because people seem to really like it. So I kind of just wanted to go go forth and buy upgrade merch if you so desire. We we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we have we've always had sort of in our Google Doc what we would call like a topic zero, so like a small topic in between follow up and the real topic, and that recently graduated into what we're calling tiny topics so i these still are think topic that, zero exists right like tiny topics uh, can mm. exist but topic zero still can exist so you think so you think topic zero would be in between a tiny topic and a full topic like yeah, what's I the have hierarchy no, i have no idea what the hierarchy is i do it mainly by feel mm. right it's like sometimes like today we have a topic 2.5 in a document i don't know why it's that it just is that <laughs> We have a we have very, some. very strict topic numbering system that nobody it's understands. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but a tiny topic is something that's not really follow-up because we haven't talked about it before, but it's not a full-blown topic. So to, for today's tiny topic, I want to talk about something that I mentioned on Twitter several weeks ago, and it's just a situation that I'm in in social media. I'm an Instagram user. I like Instagram. Uh, I, I use it several times a day. But the application, or I guess the the advertising algorithm that lives within the application, seems to believe that I'm a woman. So I get ads for uh, feminine products, for bras, for clothing, for purses, handbags. Uh, They're very targeted. If I were a woman, I feel like these ads would all be spot on, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) They're targeting a person very well. That person is just not you. (laughs) This is not me. (laughs) Not you. So here's a question. I don't know if you've done this. Have you checked Mary's ads? Uh, I haven't. I should ask her about that and see if she feels like she's getting ads for NASA things and old computers. Well, no. I just wonder if the two of you are getting the same ads because you don't have a Facebook account. Neither does she. So Oh, well, then that's no no help, right? Because I was thinking maybe you are getting her ads, but if she doesn't have one either, I don't know what's going on. It's interesting, too, because Instagram has the explore section. So if you hit the magnifying glass to search in there, it shows like suggested photos and accounts. I've got to to give them Mm -hmm. credit. 
that stuff's like spot on. It's all like uh, old Jeeps and old computers well, and like... It's, it's just perfect. It's, I love all of it, but uh, this... Uh, I feel like there must be different things though, right? Like oh, yeah. I bet the Explore tab Instagram handles, but the ads are handled by Facebook. Totally. Yeah, I'm sure they're totally separate. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, some like weird type of accounts I follow or like. And are you know. like trying to tailor it? Because you can say right, like this ad isn't relevant yes, to me. Are you do. I am, that? and it, it and it's still. It happening? doesn't seem to have really any effect. Do, so, does uh, Mary do? shopping online on one of your devices? Mm-mm. Mm. I mean, we shop online and stuff, but not, not on any of my devices. Yeah, but, but like, even if that was the case, Stephen's going to shop online on his devices more than Mary right. would, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, the problem is, there's no, there probably isn't that much of a strong link because there's no Facebook account. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird thing, so... That is what it is. If if you're listening and you're in charge of uh, Instagram advertising, like good job, like all this stuff feels really cohesive. You just have the wrong person. So <laughs> you have uh, uh, the, the the female version. This of is Steven. like this is the other side of targeted ads, mm-hmm. right? Like you wouldn't care if they were spot on, right? It's more frustrating to you that they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. It is. So I know a lot about like uh, the Warby Parker of bras. That's a that's a way a company talks about itself. I've seen their ad a lot. Is that Third Love? I think they're called. I've heard their I've heard them yeah, on yeah. podcasts. So they're they're out there just uh, using that Warby Parker name. So, anyways, that's me. That's where I am with Instagram. I'm still using it, but the ads. It, it's sort of funny to me now. Like I just I just find it amusing. Um, so there. That's that's where I am. As Kate says in the chat room, Stephanie Hackett would yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems to be pretty good for me. Instagram knows me pretty well. I get ads for yeah, I get uh, great tattoos. Ads. I get ads for jewelry mm-hmm. and for video games. So it's pretty much me. I get video games. I get lots of Kickstarter projects. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a sucker for those Kickstarters, Mike. <laughs> I guess I am. I've got a Lacoste ad right now. That's kind of cool. I don't know. Like That seems fine. Th- this one isn't good. What is this? Cybersecurity. Oh, no, no, no. Don't click They're trying that. to tell you something. So I'm going to hide that ad <laughs> to say it's not relevant. I, I'm, I think that uh, I'm pretty happy with the ads that I get because, well, there's a Mont Blanc ad. I mean, come on, it knows me. Like, I, I'm happy with my ads because I, I feel because I tweak them. So, like, I tell Instagram, like, it, this isn't right mm. for me. I mean, of course, they have to have a base idea of who I am as a human being before they start serving me these ads. But I think that if you are unhappy with your Instagram ads, this is not for you, Stephen, because you're beyond help at this point. Then just you can tap the button and say hide and just say, like, it's not mm-hmm. relevant. And I found that that would does you work. say And sometimes as you well, are, they, ask, they give you a little survey you can Would take, you say you are you know? an ad power user, Mike? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I think so. I would. I would 100% say that. <laughs> that sums me up perfectly, actually. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's actually a huge part of my life. So, yeah, I so guess I am. Ad power user. Perfect. Uh, should be oh, in boy. your bio. Should be in your bio somewhere. Maybe you should change your bio on Peach uh, to say that you're an ad power user. Peach is still kicking, you know. It still can you goes. change is your it? bio on Peach? And say, yeah, still can alive. Can you actually change it and say that you're an ad power user, but just on Peach? Is that possible? I don't know, man. I can try. <laughs> Let me see. But like, Please, everybody, go follow I Mike can't. on Peach for very <laughs> important content. 
Oh, I I don't think I can get like it's a bit messed up on the iPhone. Oh boy! And they actually one of the things. Oh, edit bio. Yep, add power user. So that's that's more use than Peach has gotten all month. So like an alarm just went off somewhere, right? Like, did did you have Peach already installed on your phone? Yeah, man, it's just there. Why? Why? You have a new phone. I don't know. It's just there. <laughs> well, yeah, but I installed from backup. Okay. I can't. Well, I can't really judge. I found probably like eight months ago in a folder on my iPhone uh, the application Path. Remember that? Mm. Um, oh yeah. So, man, what a good app. Okay, so that's my tiny topic, Federico. I believe you have one as well. Yes, um, I wanted to quickly point our listeners to the latest update for Working Copy, which is the uh, GitHub client that I've been using since 2016 on my devices. It's um, Working Copy at a basic level. It lets you uh, manage your uh, GitHub repos, or you can use other services as well uh, on your iOS devices. And one of, one of the things that made working copy always stand out from competing apps on iOS is its its integration with uh, native iOS features. Uh, The developer is always um, fast in terms of adopting the latest APIs, the the latest screen sizes, uh, and working copy is one of... Before today's update was already one of the best uh, apps that integrated with the Files uh, app and the Files API on iOS. Uh, Today, uh, version 3.6 of Working Copy enables uh, this feature that I've only seen in one other application on iOS. That application was Textastic, um, a text editor. Um, This feature is called Opening Place for Directories. So Opening Place is... um, can be used by third-party apps for individual documents as well as for entire folders. And the idea would be that instead of duplicating the same document in a bunch of apps, if you want to make changes to the document, um, every other application can just open the same file and make changes directly without having to import that document or you know creating duplicates and resaving the document and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you have one file and a bunch of apps can open that single file and make changes to it. Um, now, Working Copy supports the same idea but for entire folders. So you can pick any uh, application folder from iCloud Drive. Um, uh, the developer is using a few apps as examples of this. Uh, for example, IA Writer, um, Scriptable, which is the you know the JavaScript app that came out with iOS 12, um, Codia, which is a code ed- uh, like a visual code editor, um, and then some other apps that I don't remember. But the idea would be you open an entire application folder and you add it as a as a repo in Working Copy. So you create a location for that app folder from iCloud Drive in Working Copy. And at that point, you establish a two-way sync between Working Copy and iCloud Drive. So for example, in my case, I imported the IA Writer iCloud Drive folder into Working Copy. And now whenever I make a change in, in Writer, I see that change in Working Copy. And if I make a change in Working Copy, I see that edit back in IA Writer. So it's a two-way sync between a third-party app and the iCloud Drive folder from a third-party app. So it's uh, poking a little hole in the sandbox uh, through the uh, opening place APIs. What's even... Okay, uh, so let okay. me ask you, why would you want to do that, though? Like why There's is a that second good? layer of this um, in that you can configure a remote connection for uh, an iCloud Drive folder in Working Copy. So 
for example, I took my um, IA writer folder and I added to work, I added it to working copy, and then I said, I want you to work with this remote GitHub uh, repo, which is which was my existing repo on GitHub, my personal private one. Oh. Oh, and you can say, okay. take whatever is in iCloud Drive, commit huh. the changes, and push them up to GitHub. So I have a, by default, instead of having to uh, do this manually myself, like export a document and overwrite and do this, uh, this entire work document by document myself, the working copy just picks up all of the changes from, I, from IA Writer and says, do you want to save these changes to GitHub? And I say yes and pushes them up. What The third layer of this is that that repo on GitHub, a bunch of people are invited to that repo. So for example, John and Ryan are part of that repo. If they make a change through whatever device, whatever OS, whatever app they want to use, when I sync the repo back down to my device, those changes will be automatically reflected in IA Writer as well because it's a two-way sync. So right, because that's that to me seems like the key part is like now every time you sync working copy, it's also syncing your text editor. You don't have to keep jumping between exactly. one and the other, yes. right? That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Now. I could see some horrific accidents coming from that, but it does seem really <laughs> well, great. Welcome to you, using GitHub. <laughs> uh, yes, you just gotta get used to that, and that's what I what I wrote in the post. You gotta get used to the to the terminology and to just yeah. learning what you can actually do and not do with GitHub. Um, I am pretty paranoid about saving copies of my articles, so. Uh, the really important ones, they are backed up in three locations. So also Dropbox is also part of the picture in that case. Uh, but if I'm working like on yeah. a 2000 word post, having a copy in iCloud Drive and GitHub is usually okay. Yeah, because like if you're using your text editor and then somebody accidentally deletes something or all of it in GitHub and then it just syncs back to your local text editor, that's like a weird thing to happen to you you gotta be careful with that but thankfully you can see all of the versions of um of a file in working copy uh, and you can pick them up and you can restore them uh and of course everything okay yeah you can awesome. see all the versions and you can actually what i do you can drag an individual version out of working copy and it it becomes a file and so if you use something like kaleidoscope for example which is a diff uh, comparison tool for ios uh what i do is i pick up two versions from working copy and i compare the changes and i can see the individual words that are changed between versions it's very cool so um i mean apple should do this stuff on its own inside of files i think it's incredible that files doesn't have a versions feature built in doesn't have any way to recover deleted files for example doesn't have a way to let you see multiple versions of the same item this feature has been available on mac os since i don't know leopard snow leopard maybe Um, i remember when it came out so um Working copy. If you use GitHub, if you use Markdown, if you, you know, if you're, I mean, if you're a programmer, of course, and you want to use GitHub and you want to work from iOS, this is super, super highly recommended. Uh, if you're a, you know, I use working copy, maybe not for its intended use case as a, you know, a, a writer who needs to collaborate with a with two editors on iOS, but it works really well for us, and it's been working well for us since 2016. So. Really recommended. Yeah, I mean, it's not the intended use, but I do see how GitHub could be used quite easily for this exact yeah. purpose, right? Like multiple people collaborating, not in real time, yeah, but like asynchronously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. 
right? Like it makes perfect I mean, sense. F- Federica, you adopted me into the system when <laughs> I brought my history column to Mac Stories like a year and a half ago or whatever. And it's been really, it's, it makes so much sense the way that you guys do this. And, you know, I for a long time just did it on the Mac and then it's like, oh, I'll get back to my Mac and push it to GitHub. But, you know, I finally downloaded Working Copy like three or four months ago and, and started using that as well. And it really is powerful to have all of that kind of just on your device you have with you all the time. Yeah. It's it's pretty sweet. And uh, even new iPad Pro Power user Casey Liss is a fan of Working Oh, Copy. man, that's that settles so, it then. So, you know, it is the app you got to try. Uh, because in- If Casey Liss, the <laughs> iPad Power yeah. user, is... It is so much like I'm enjoying watching him go through this because I just can taunt him now, right? It's like ah. it's like watching your ki- watching your kid making the same mistakes you made. <laughs> well, but it's more that like he was so so like set in his ways, right, about the iPad for so long, yeah. and but the iPad will will come for us all. Mm-hmm. Wow, eventually, it's <laughs> dark. Very, very dark. Like. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Pingdom. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy now button or access the content that you want them to see? You might stumble across it by luck. You might get an email. You might get a tweet. But that's no good. You need a system. Pingdom is that system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and more importantly, when it's not. Pingdom will let you know when your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. The system is really smart. You can get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs to solve it, whether that's one person on your team or absolutely everybody. You can customize all of that. And they have a ton of different notification options. You can get emails, text messages, push notifications, whatever you want. There are de- Pingdom are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable for everyone. This is why they have more than 70 global test servers emulating visits to your site and checking its availability as often as every single minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring your website today with Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day free trial. No credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and RelayFM. So one thing we like to do on Connected is check back in with technology that we have been using for a period of time. No, I think we cannot of... talk about the Newton, Stephen. Next <laughs> topic. Uh, We're done. So we're going to have to go to the next <laughs> yeah. one on the list. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think all three of us are still grappling with the switch to OS X from OS nine, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. Sure. No, sure. I think we all three just... Our understanding, like the way that we use things changes over time, so we like to, to touch base on things. And so this week we're going to talk about... Uh, the HomePod, which has been out for, uh, I don't even know now, like it, nine months or something? It came out in December. Oh, okay. Nah. So, of last no, year. it was February. It was February. Yeah, it, was, it came out in February <laughs> of this yeah. year. Yeah. So nine months. <laughs> you can edit that together, right? Make no, it sound smart. No. I'm you. just leaving that <laughs> just the way it happened. <laughs> this was one of those things as we're getting closer to the end of the year. I do remember feeling this now. I remember going through this of like... Looking back at stuff that's happened this year, I was like, "Oh my god, the whole pod came out this <laughs> yeah. year! That doesn't seem possible." Yeah. Like that, as soon as you said February, I was like, "Oh, I remember that feeling." Yeah, because they missed the holiday yeah. purchasing cycle, but like just by like eight weeks, it's like, "Come on, guys!" Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because that was it, right? Because we were also that's why I'm thinking about December because we were all so surprised they didn't yeah. make it. <laughs> and then oh, that's two it. months later, they've made it. Sad, yep. uh, but it's out and it's been our lives for a while and. 
I just kind of want to talk a little bit about at least how in my family the usage has changed. So I think long-term listeners will know that I stuck it in my kitchen. I unplugged the Echo we had and put the HomePod in. And I don't want to say my family revolted, but they weren't they weren't fans. It just didn't work for us sort of in its early days. The big kicker was the multiple timers in the kitchen. But so it, the, the HomePod got banished out here to my studio. The Echo uh, retained its place in the kitchen. But after the iOS 12 update, the multiple timer thing, I wanted to give it another shot, uh, another shot in the kitchen. And I'm not one to like hand ring over like Amazon Echo listening, listening in on us when I don't know, like I generally trust the Echo and trust what Amazon's doing with it, but I wanted to compare these products. And so the HomePod has been back in my kitchen now probably for like six weeks. And I honestly, I think fam- the family seems to be really happy with it. Uh, the, the multiple timers is a huge win. Of course, we cook a lot. That's absolutely a big deal there. And another thing that I think it's come uh, to be appreciated by all of us is that even if you pay for like the the Echo, uh, the Amazon Prime like Echo Music plan thing, it's like roughly like ten bucks a month, and it gives you access to a lot more music than just what you get for free. Even with that. Apple Music is just uh, is just much larger and much better than Amazon's offering. At least it seems like it is. And so Siri seems to be doing a much better job, at least for us, in finding the music that we want to listen to and being more forgiving in how we ask it. You know, Siri has some actually some really interesting ways you can ask for like music if you can't quite think of the name of the song or or the album it's on. Like um, you can ask it for like the newest album by. The, the seniors and then you'll get the the new album by the yeah. by those guys that that uh, that's one of my favorite things i remember when uh kings of leon they had an album come out this is years ago like when the echo first came out and um the the name of the album was the same name as like one of the singles mm. and it would never play the album <laughs> it didn't matter how i asked it would never play it but i can never remember the names of albums now like this is the problem of the days of streaming right like i never remember the names of sure. albums or songs anymore right like because it's i just don't pay attention in the same way um and so now i'll just be like give me the latest album from such and such yeah. and it would it's, just play it's it. cool so i love that that is really yeah cool. and um and you know i think i don't know why this has happened but it, it seems like my kids interact with it less so they would like go up and ask the echo to like tell them a joke or ask the weather or like they they just talk to it a lot and and like sometimes i felt a little strange about that and and this is like a complicated subject i don't want to get into today but like things that we're okay with but we see our kids not be okay with even though it's the same thing it's like oh my kid uses too much screen time it's like do you know how many hours i look at my phone every day that's a whole topic but they yeah. do seem mm-hmm. to interact with the HomePod a little bit less, and maybe that's because they think Siri is bad. I don't know, but um, uh, all in all, it seems like it's it it may hold the place in the kitchen. and And I I really knew I was in trouble when I realized that I miss having it in the studio. Most of the time, I just listen to music on my iMac Pro. But if I'm just like working in the office and I listen to a podcast, like if I'm doing like a photo shoot or set or setting up something, you know. Then I'd use AirPlay to the HomePod a lot, and not having it has actually made me miss it. And and all my lights out here, I can control via Siri, and uh, I don't have as I say, like pick up my phone and ask it to turn my lights on, as opposed to just sort of shouting into the into the into the the void when I walk in the office. So I may end up being a two HomePod family here before too long. I'm I'm kind of hoping there's some good Black Friday deals, and I may pick up a second one for the office. 
in the beginning of October, I bought a second HomePod because anyone listening to Cortex recently, I've been on this like music quest <laughs> for a while. Like I just found myself listening to more and more music like a lot of the time. Um, and then I had been in a couple of friends' homes who had multiple HomePods and could hear the difference. And as I started to just get more and more interested in listening to more music when I'm at home, I decided to to get a second HomePod for the stereo pair. Like, it's a terrible thing to say because of the price of doing this, but it does really feel like once you have a second one, that that is the best way. Like, the stereo pairing really changes the experience of having, of listening to music of a HomePod. Like, the sound is much more richer and more complex. Like, even if you're not in between the two of them, right? Like, we have it set up so there's, like, one on either side of our sofa in our, in our living room. But even if I'm, like, in the kitchen, I can still hear the stereo separation. It's very clever, um, like, the way that they do a lot of the stuff that they do. Like, we also hooked it up to our Apple TV. So then we Like, if we're watching something serious, like a movie or, like, a house of cards or something right like we will play it through the home pod home pods because it gives us like a pseudo fake surround sound right like it just adds more richness and complexity to the audio than the tv's speakers will right it's like it just sounds better um so i've been enjoying the overall audio experience of using multiple home pods we still use the echo though like for a lot of the same things we were doing before, we have an echo in the kitchen and one uh, I have one by my bedside. And this is mostly because it still has skills and features that only work there and that Apple are not going to implement. Like there are there are like third party skills that we use, which I can't imagine how we would do it any other way if we want to keep using it. And what again, like the multiple timer thing, it's just more frustrating on the HomePod than it is on the Echo. Like, the, the the way it all works, the way you set it, the way you check it, the way it alerts you, like, it's all less than. But I will say, the more I use the HomePod, the more I realize how bad the microphones are in my Echo. Like, the, the especially the original gen. Like, it, I just... I think I'm getting used to speaking to the HomePod at a certain volume level that the Echo is not happy about. And as I've used the Echo less and the HomePod more, so like I I, I don't use IFTTT for home stuff anymore on the on the Echo. I do it all on the HomePod because all of the stuff that we want to control is HomeKit enabled, um, especially with the shortcut stuff. Like so, my Roomba, I just you know can can do that too, right? By like using IFTT and the thing that Federico worked out. So you can do all of that stuff. So I just do all that on the HomePod. But for the stuff that I use the Echo for, I'm like, oh, like this, this is, these microphones are not as good. Now I do have the original gen. So like maybe it's gotten better on like subsequent Echoes. Uh, But yeah, I'm very happy with the HomePod now. Like at first I kind of wasn't that sure about it. And that was mostly because I just wasn't listening to enough music. But now I am, um, I'm getting great value, I think, uh, out of out of having one and especially out of having a, a second. So, Federico, how is your 15 array 
uh, of HomePods. How is that treating you? I am uh, officially announcing today that I am discontinuing Mac Stories and I'm launching HomePod Colo. <laughs> is my new HomePod <laughs> colocation service. It's like you know, you know, like those historic photos of like all the martial amps stacked <laughs> up, right? And like there'd be like someone like it's like that kind of trope, you know, like a ton of martial amps stacked up, and you've got someone playing guitar in front of them. There's just like seventy yes. HomePods all stacked up, and you're just like standing yes. in front of it. With your hair mm-hmm. blowing back, mm-hmm. um, we have we That's have three of them uh, still, uh, and we actually um, removed the stereo pair last week because we uh, we bought a new piece of IKEA furniture for our uh, very small hallway that separates the living room and the bedroom. Uh, we now have one of those IKEA best uh, something. Um, it's like a drawer, and it's uh, it's not too tall, so it's uh, kind of perfect for having a HomePod sit in the like on the in the middle of it, so we can actually use the touch controls if we want to. And so now we have one in the kitchen slash small living room, one in the bedroom, one in the hallway, and we love it. I mean, I love the way that it sounds. I love how um, I can I can trigger my shortcuts from it, and. Um, I've since getting the Mac Mini and I'm now starting to set up uh, some home automation the way that I like it. We are HomeBridge. I've set up some uh, iTunes um, shortcuts in the sense that I now have... uh, This is, I think, part of the discussion Stephen and I will have about the Mac Mini. But um, as far as the HomePod is concerned... I now have commands for triggering specific playlists on shuffle with just one word. Instead of saying uh, the whole play this playlist on shuffle, I can just say one word. And I also have the ability to uh, automatically start playing certain playlists on shuffle when I run a HomeKit scene. So, for example, if I want to say relax time, I can turn all my lights red and dim them and also start playing music uh, via iTunes on the Mac Mini, which is um, streaming audio to the HomePods. So, it's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, I love the HomePod. I wish the more I keep using it, the more I keep coming back to this single thing that I don't like about it. Uh, besides the fact that Siri gets us wrong sometimes. Uh, actually, two things. First, I've noticed that in the past few months, Siri picks up accidental um, activations more often than when I first got the HomePod. Uh It definitely happens at least once a week now, whether it's the TV talking or, for example, a few days ago, the plumber was at my house and he was doing some work on the, on the, on a, on a, on a gas pipe or something. And he was just talking to me, he was explaining what he was doing. And suddenly Siri goes, What's that? And it's like, uh, it, you gotta imagine how weird it is that Siri in my house is in English <laughs> and the plumber is just talking to me and suddenly this lady from the speaker starts talking in English and I needed to explain the whole situation. Um, so it oh, activates God. accidentally a lot more than than back in February, for sure. Also, the, the, the second thing, the main one I don't like, I cannot tell 
due to the way that the, that the HomePod is designed, it doesn't have a ring around it. So it doesn't show you with the light or with the status indicator that it's actually listening. You got to look on the top of the HomePod. But because, because two of our HomePods now are sitting on a shelf that are higher than our uh, line of sight, uh, we cannot see the top surface. So in the second generation HomePod, I would prefer to see uh, a design more like the Echo so that you can place the HomePod on any surface at any height so that you can see whether it's actually listening or not. I have a, a kind of following on from that, a request if anybody knows this. For a reason that I don't understand, what I assume is the like dominant HomePod changed. So if you have a pair, when you give a request... There is one that will listen and respond, yeah. right? But for some reason, this changed, and it's not the one I want it to be. And I don't know how to change that. But like just one day, it was the one. So there's like there's one by the door of the living room. That was the original HomePod. So I'm used to looking at it. And it's also like if we're triggering stuff like ifttt stuff we typically can always see that from wherever we are but the one that keeps responding is now the one by our window which i never expect (laughs) and so i say something like i do the command like the ohio telephone and start speaking and it's not lit up and i'm like oh it's it's not working but it's because it's the other one that's taking my request if anybody knows how i can swap that i would love to know i don't even know if it's possible to do and i don't know why it changed it just changed and like Rick Allen said in the chat, can you take it out of the pair, reset it, and add it back in? In theory, yes. But then how do I, how do I tell it which one is the, the right one, right? They're both solo HomePods at that point. Like, is there a way to say this is the dominant one? That's what I want to know. That's, uh, that's our HomePod, HomePod update. HomePod, what did you call it? HomePod Colo? HomePod Colo is my new service where we provide people with remote connections. And uh, so, yeah, you can totally run uh, a web server on HomePod uh, and also play music. So whenever somebody visits your website, uh, the HomePod is going to play a song. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Uh, you can imagine it's a very loud uh, collocation space. Um <laughs> Uh, everyone has air protectors it's mandated i should also say on a more serious note i should also say that on the record i wrote this in my ios 12 review and i'm gonna say that again on the show i want shortcuts to have native HomePod actions native airplay actions i want to be able to write little scripts that play specific albums or specific playlists on specific home pods with specific volume levels. Like I want to control the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to automate my mm-hmm. home pods from shortcuts. Uh, I don't think that would be too crazy to have considering that I paid $300 for these speakers. Well, a normal person would pay $300 for this. I paid double because I'm I'm um because it's a very sad story, but yes, um home pod actions in shortcuts. That would be nice. It was interesting to me that you started that statement with on the record. Mm-hmm. Like, can the rest of the show not be used? Well, sometimes I say things like in, on the show um, in, a, in an unofficial right. manner uh, of sorts, you know? Interesting. Uh, um, sometimes you shouldn't treat those as final statements from me, uh, you know, because it's, uh, uh, sometimes it's the character saying things. It's not the Mac Stories editor saying things, uh, if they make sense. The character? <laughs> 
Federico Vatici I mean, is just the character really, that I play example, on For example, do you really think I'm launching a HomePod colocation service? That's no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's don't what say I mean. It, no, you know? but it's fun. I mean, it's you know, it's fun to I'm say. I'm just gonna register a domain. So real some quick. people just take every single thing I say literally. Uh, uh, but um, I'm I'm just saying sometimes it's entertainment. Uh, so I, I am mm. not discontinuing Mac stories. That's what I mean. Well, John shut it down already. Well, so like he took care of that. Well, there you go. I'm a, do you guys have a job for me <laughs> besides the podcast? So Please. there's uh, this episode is <laughs> go on, go on. There's HomePodColo.global, HomePodColo.tech. No, no, no. Oh, here no. it is. HomePodColo.online. That's good. Well, it's online. It is online. It's, I'm going to uh, spend a little know. company money, Mike. It's very important. All right. That's great. And this actually, and this is unplanned, but very nicely uh, helps me pivot into our next sponsor, which is Hover. Oh. With Hover, you can find the domain that shows everyone what you're most passionate about, whether that is HomePods or merchandise, whatever it is, you can create the website branding that you're looking for with Hover. What domain do you have out there that you really want to help tell the world what you're all about? This is what you can do with Hover. They have over 400 domain extensions to help you brand yourself online. That's a ton of choices for you to help Find your perfect domain name. They also have wonderful search options, as Stephen was just going through. You can search for a domain, and if they don't have the exact thing you're looking for, they're going to make a bunch of recommendations. They'll maybe give you some different words you can throw in there, maybe some different configurations, and help you find the domain that most perfectly helps you express what you are looking to put out into the world. Domain names are so important, but they're not just important for websites. You could also get a really cool domain name for an email address, right? Like if you have, like if you're maybe trying to run something professional, maybe you don't want to have like just at generic email provider.com. You want to create your own. Like I've done this before. I have some domain names that I basically just use for email because it looks really professional and that's great. And you're in safe hands of Hover. They offer best in class customer support. They have no annoying upsells. It's super easy to buy from them because you're not having to go through 700 screens to get to the checkout. They even offer who is protection that you get that just for free. So that means that people can't find out your information online. It's great. You can even go right now, if you're a designer or maybe some kind of creative person, you can get .design as a domain name. Don't just get a .com or .biz. Like if you have a portfolio you want to put on the web or something, you can go for .design. And that shows everyone exactly what you're all about. Stand out and build your online identity with the perfect domain name for you or your business. New customers can get 10% off any of the 400, over 400 domain extensions offered by Hover by going to hover.com slash connected. That's hover.com slash connected for 10% off any of the 400 plus domain options for new customers. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So this week, Federico, you published something. I know you've been working on it for a while. You had some of us looking at some beta versions of this, but you have uh, released a shortcut that is a home screen uh, icon creator. You can mm-hmm. launch apps, you can launch contacts, you can do... This thing seems to do everything. What what have you created? 
Mm. Um, so yes, at a basic level, it is a way to uh, create icons on your iOS home screen for launching apps, for launching contacts um, or contact actions, and to have solid color icons. If you have like a black wallpaper or, I don't know, a, a white or a red wallpaper, you can create icons that sort of uh, allow you to fake having gaps on your home screen so that you can uh, create custom layouts. Um, that would be the idea. Um, I uh, I assume you want to know the story of how this shortcut came together. Yes, um, please. So uh, I've always been intrigued by the feature that Workflow had years ago, and that feature was maintained by Apple in the transition to shortcuts, um, that you can add a shortcut to your home screen. And when you do this, you, you open a shortcut uh, in the Shortcuts app and you uh, tap the share icon and you choose add to home screen and what happens is you're you're taken to safari and you see in the address bar something that says data colon and then a bunch of text and i never like workflow had this feature so i realized well it, it's not like a proprietary thing if work, workflow used to have it and shortcuts has it still has to be something that is open to developers um and uh, you know, it never really. I never really paid attention to the to the link, uh, but then, uh, like in in late October, I realized, you know what? I actually want to take a look at this data uh, link that contains a bunch of text, like random text. I want to see what it is, and so I assumed um, that that text, like an insanely long string of text, was going to be base64 encoded text. Uh, your best friend, uh, Mike, base64. I don't understand base64. Like, there's a page of Wikipedia that tells you that there's an algorithm that... Yeah, and you've explained it to me, but it still doesn't make sense. It, it's right? something that exists in the world, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can just accept it. Um, don't, don't test me. Um, so... <laughs> So eradicate base sixty four. I thought this is gonna be base sixty four. So what I did is I copied the link from Safari and I opened shortcuts and I went like here's the text, decode it, and it didn't work. So I googled uh, base sixty four decoder and there's a bunch of web apps that can do this for you. And I don't know if it was like a memory limitation of shortcuts uh, or if I did something wrong myself, but I was able to decode the text. Um, by using one of these online web services. And what I found was amazing in that it was uh, the code for an HTML web page that contained CSS, that contained an HTML structure, and that also contained some JavaScript. And by taking a look at this, uh, and this code, I realized that Apple was essentially putting together a web page. So here's how it works. When you, when you add a shortcut to the home screen, um, Shortcuts creates on the fly some HTML. This HTML contains the web page that you see in Safari with the blue background and the instructions on how to add the shortcut to the home screen. But it also contains uh, meta tags for having a home screen icon and for having a splash screen when you open the shortcut icon from the home screen. And fun fact... Right, because this is piggybacking on the sweet solution thing. Yes, it? yes. Like it's web using apps a for the iPhone. web app technologies. Um, yeah. And fun fact, when you add a shortcut to the home screen with the Apple Shortcuts app, um, Shortcuts creates uh, on the fly a local host 
server connection, like a local server, to provide a Safari with instructions on which kind of um, splash screens to use, depending on the device you, you have. So it's basically... Uh, opening a connection to localhost to say, this is an iPhone, use a splash screen that is, uh, I don't know, 1,000 pixels tall and 15, um, 500 pixels wide, something like that. Anyway, um, the, 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 the most important step of this uh, super inelegant workaround is the following. When you add this HTML web page to the home screen, um, uh, Web apps have a way to detect whether they are running in what is called a standalone mode. Standalone mode is when you add a website to your home screen and you launch it from the home screen. This is supported on Android, on iOS, and it's part of the, I think it's called progressive web apps technologies. Um, when it's running in standalone mode, <laughs> what happens is via JavaScript, shortcuts simulates a mouse click on a hidden link in the web page. And it uses mouse events, which is a part of the JavaScript standard JavaScript library, to simulate a click on a link that is invisible. And that link has a URL scheme that takes you to shortcuts and runs the shortcuts you, select, you selected. Once I figured this out, that, you know, I always wondered, how can you add a, home screen, a shortcut to the home screen that is actually a web app, but then when you open it, it launches shortcuts? And that is how. It's, uh, it's using JavaScript to fake clicking on an invisible link on a web page. Um, and at that point, I realized, well, I can just turn, in, turn this system into whatever I want because I can put together the HTML for presenting users with a web page in Safari and I can use the same script to launch any link I want when the icon is tapped from the home screen. And so I got to work and I added support for running uh, any app URL scheme you want, like launching Tweetbot or launching Google Docs. For I added support for running any shortcut from the shortcuts app. Um, added support for contact actions. So you can pick a contact and you can say, yeah, I want to create an icon for texting my wife or for FaceTiming my friend Steven. Um, and also I added the option to create a solid color icon. I customized the HTML that you see in Safari um, by using CSS and HTML in shortcuts. I can uh, present uh, users with a responsive web page um, that it uses the San Francisco font um, that has an embedded uh, instruction image that tells you how to uh, add a home screen to your uh, add a web app to your home screen. And I also customized the splash screen that you see for a second when you tap this icon on the home screen. This was not necessary, but I hated that when I tapped the icon, it was, the experience was not pretty enough. So I wasted uh, at least a week figuring out media queries for... Um, adding splash screen support which is something that people will see for a fraction of a second but it matters to me because it's nice and it's prettier but basically i i had to learn how pixel ratios work in webkit uh, so the idea that, for example, most iOS devices have a pixel ratio of two, but modern iPhones and modern iPad, no, actually just modern iPhones have a pixel ratio of three. 
So it was a whole thing, calculating device size and, and creating images on the fly in, into, inside the shortcut. Um, but at the end, I, I ended up with this shortcut that is over 200 actions long. And it's definitely the most complex thing I've ever worked on but you can use it and you can create icons for whatever you want. Um, you can customize it. If you don't like the the options that I provided, it, everything has a comment in the shortcut so you can see what all the steps do. Um, by default, for example, my shortcut uses icons from the App Store. So if you want to have like a custom icon on the home screen, you can just search the App Store and use the icon for any app from the App Store. Um, which I know that this is how people create secrets on their phones. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, why would you want to open my calendar? It's boring, but it actually takes you to a private photo album. Um, just saying. Um, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, but so, so, some people do that. Um, oh, I know. It's like a big thing on Android, right? Yeah. Like here's yeah. a calculator app, but actually, mm -hmm. it's a hidden photo thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so do not endorse that. Um, but yeah, everything is uh, it's, uh, pretty much mod. You can you can you can change things. You can you can switch the the order of options in the menu. And a first version that I published yesterday uh, required Dropbox for image uploads. But then, thanks to a Mac Stories reader, I figured uh, how to remove the need for Dropbox altogether. So. The sh these 200 actions, the shortcut takes five seconds to run now. And all the images, all the assets are provided in base 64, Mike. And, of course they are. And all, Everyone's friend. All the icons, all the splash screens, everything is local to your device. Uh, nothing gets uploaded. Uh, it runs offline. You don't need an internet connection. I mean, you need one if you want to search the app store for an icon. Uh, but otherwise, it's um, I'm pretty happy with the result. And um, this, um, this, this approach, uh, the, the idea of loading custom HTML in Safari, I've been explaining how to take advantage of this on Club Mac Stories uh, because I'm building like a, like a custom reading list highlights tool that's uh, wild too, uh, by the way I've, that that thing is I've, madness i've been building that on club mac stories yeah on mac stories I, I share the home screen icon creator and also on mac stories i'm gonna explain in the future how to load other types of data and files in safari from the home screen which is also going to be pretty interesting so i want to ask you right this is all great right this is amazing but what are you actually using this for i want some examples uh, okay so um I've been using uh, uh, one example. I've been using Agenda on iOS because I think I finally figured what this app oh, does. You're the, you figured it out. Yeah. You found, you're the person who figured it out. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. oh poor Agenda. Uh, it's a nice app. I just can't work out what it, how. Like you so, need, you need to have a mind for, made for that app. So the what I'm using it for is to. It's a very simple use case. Uh, I have a project called Shortcut Ideas. And into this project, there are, there's a bunch of ideas for shortcuts that I want to test. So what I do is I take an individual note and I add it to my calendar so that on that day, I remember that I need to test something. So for example, tomorrow morning, I know that one of my shortcut ideas, which is called Car Playlist with Launch Center Pro. It requires me to configure an iBeacon in my car, like a little USB dongle that uses the beacon technology. So it's a way to add notes, but make them 
like calendar based so that I know where I can do them. It's a very beautiful app. It's very right? beautiful. I, it's very good looking. I just feel like I don't, I don't work in the way that it wants me to work. Yeah, but the this app it also like, I I think the way I like it is because I, I never fully got the Omni Outliner approach on iOS. Like I love outlines, but Omni Outliner is too much for me, and the idea of Having these simple outlines, but also the calendar integration is nice. I am. I hope. So my dream is that the agenda developers will um, offer you the option to create reminders instead of calendar events, because I would love to be able to tie an agenda link to a reminder. For now, I think I'm just gonna write my own shortcut that converts agenda events into agenda reminders. <laughs> so I could, you know, just whenever I create an event from agenda, I can just run a like a little widget shortcut, and I can say turn this event into a reminder. I don't need it. I don't need to see it into my calendar. But anyway, uh, I have a custom. So to answer your question, I have a custom uh, agenda icon that it uses the agenda icon the agenda logo, but it's called automation. And it takes me into the Shortcut Ideas project. Um, I'm going to do the same for Keep It. So using the same app icon, but to launch me into specific screens of the apps that I use the most. Uh, so that I retain quick access to the app, but whenever I type the icon, I'm taken into a specific part of it. So that's a big thing for me. On the iPad... I want to give you a feature request. Sure. You probably thought of this. I just don't know how... I don't know how you could do it. It'd be great if you could, though. Like, to be able to do... Modify the app icon in some way. Like, put a border around it or a color on it. So, like, you could have five agenda icons and they all have, like, a slight difference to them. Ooh. So you could hit the mm. one you want for the specific project that you know it to be. Mm. Right? Well. Because... Otherwise, like, you end up with the app icon yeah. and then a shortcut to something in the app and it's just the same icon. So I don't know if it's possible, but it's just something that I would like. Uh, something I'm concerned... Like, the, the next thing I'm working on is... And some folks are going to copy this now that I'm talking about it. I don't care. Um, mine's going to be better anyway. Um, uh, a, way <laughs> to create uh, a way to create wallpapers with shortcuts so um taking the same idea of uh using html and css to build up a web page that is never shown to the user but that web page that presentation is converted to a pdf and then to an image um and what i'm playing oh. with is the idea of instead of just using uh solid colors like plain colors um i will want to learn css gradients so that I can make beautiful gradients and then use them as wallpapers um, for shortcuts. So I could probably do something like take this image and add a border around it with via CSS. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That that's let me save it in in agenda, Mike. Um, hold yeah, on. Yeah, please do. How does this app work on the Mac? Oh God. Well, it's uh, I, it. I will save it, Mike, in agenda eventually. Um, but yeah, um, so uh, home screen icon creator, it took me <laughs> way longer than I expected. But I mean, the response has been pretty amazing. It was the it was at the top of the shortcuts subreddit yesterday, got a bunch of comments. And what are they called? App votes? Uh, I suppose that that's the name. Um, yeah, sure. So I was really happy with that. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun it's to put together. Wild. Mm. It's wild. It's wild. Like, I don't fully know what I would use it for yet, but I have it. 
And it's just like... Ooh, here's what I, I want to... You know what? Actually, here's the thing. I found this very interesting. I found this very interesting. I was playing around with uh, my Pixel. And you know on iOS when you you 3D touch on an icon and you get like the, the quick actions that pop up, right? Android has these, but you can take those quick actions and you can drag them to your home screen. Hmm. So, for example... Todoist has a quick action thing to add a task. But on Android, it doesn't even open the app. It just opens a little box and yeah. you just type it in. Yeah. So I now have on my home screen on my Android phone, it just says new task and it has the Todoist, like a version of the Todoist icon, which is small inside of a bigger bubble. So you can tell it's not the same thing. Tap it and I can just enter a task. And it's like making me think like, huh, I wonder if there is a, like a version of a home screen, which is focused around and grazed on some of this, and we've I've, he's mentioned some of this stuff on Cortex too, of like it's not app focused, it is action fo- action focused, yeah. yeah, right. Which is making me think about what I would like to see the future of the iPad home screen be is is not app focused but something else, yeah, right. Because I, I I came I like pulled this out of my head and now I'm like I'm I'm excited about it I'm not, I keep thinking about it like why don't we just have on the dock on iOS what is a fe- essentially Launchpad and just all the apps live in that and the apps aren't on the home screen anymore like we use the home screen for something else I think that's more of what I personally would want to see rather than just this grid. Like, I would just put everything in the dock. Just, just give me the Launchpad. Like, it's weird that Launchpad even exists on the Mac and not on the iPad when you really start thinking about it. It's like, it, it doesn't make sense. It's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been thinking about, like, what does an action home screen look like? And, like, is it something that is, like, I have in a, addition to an app launch screen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ever going to do anything about this, but it's just something I've had turning over in my head. Yeah. In part because of what you've done. Yeah. Well, um, something that I, um, one other thing um, that I do on the iPad, I don't know if you uh, looked at my iPad Pro home screen, but it's uh, it's got a black wallpaper and it uses the uh, black icons on top of the black wallpaper to fake having a gap in the middle of the screen in landscape so that I keep my uh, most used apps on the left side and folders uh, in a vertical orientation uh, on the right side. So, of course, this only works in landscape. Uh, the, um, the, the, the layout gets all messed up in portrait uh, because the iPad rotates and it doesn't keep your, your layout. Uh, but I don't use my iPad Pro yeah. in portrait on the home screen. I, I never think of my, uh, my... Like, if I ever have my app in, in portrait... It's like, I don't know where anything... My iPad, I don't know where anything is anymore. Yeah. Like, I have no idea yeah. what this layout is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, this was fun. <laughs> mm. it, it's it's cool, Federico. It it seems like something that you that people should yeah. know about. Like it feels like you've done hidden. something here that yep. Apple mm. like wants to yeah. have hidden away, but now it's out there. Well, it's and... a, it's a, it was an open API before. Some other apps used to do this kind of uh, trick before, but now if you want to have a contact on your home screen, you don't need to download an app from the App Store. You can just do it for free with my shortcut. So there you go. I think it's super awesome. I just wish I had the ideas to take advantage of it, but time, time is what I need. You will, you will have the ideas. There's the holidays coming up, Mike, and you will have time to think. 
instead of playing with your mm. Nintendo Switch. Think about your no, home I'll screen. No, I'll probably just... I'll probably just I'll play probably Pokemon. Just play with my <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Luna. If you have a Mac and an iPad, listen up, because there is something missing from your setup, and that is Luna Display. This is something that could totally change the way that you interact with your devices. Like, Luna Display allows us to use our iPads as a wireless display for our Mac. Isn't that an incredible idea? How useful. You have this beautiful screen. Why not take advantage of it? You can connect over Wi-Fi or USB once you've plugged in the Luna Display dongle. You've got more screen real estate right there for you. You can have multiple screens even when you travel. This allows you to have a multiple screen set up even if you have a laptop. You don't have to lug around an extra monitor because, like, how would you even, right? Like, how? no, no, that's not a situation you want. Like, don't just take my word for it that this thing is awesome. I more said that Luna will change your travel workflow. TechCrunch have described the visual fidelity as frankly stunning, and it is super cool. My favorite thing is just how easy it is to set up. Like, you just plug it in, you open the apps, one on the Mac, one on the iPhone, and it's done. And then you can even set it up that the uh, that it will just open, like the Lunar Display app on the Mac will just open whenever it's logged in, or whenever the Lunar Display is plugged in, which is super great. Um, I've been, like, toying around the idea of when I get my Mac Mini very soon of just plugging in a Lunar Display into that, and play, and then just using my iPad as the way to interact with that Mac Mini. Turns out it's possible Lunar Display put together a whole video and blog post about how to do it because they thought that the idea sounded super cool. They tried it out and it works. And I am very excited about the prospect of this because it just looks like a super cool way to be able to manage that Mac Mini. But also, if I do need to do something super quick on a Mac, I can just use the Lunar Display for it. Super, super awesome. There's tons of uses for this thing, and it's super simple too. Go right now to lunadisplay.com. That is L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com, Lunar Display. Once you're there, use the promo code CONNECTED at checkout, and you'll get 10% off a Lunar Display. That is lunadisplay.com and promo code CONNECTED at checkout. Our thanks to Lunar Display for their support of this show and Relay FM. I have some real-time follow-up from Kate in the chat room. She's linked to me to a support article about how to control which HomePod responds. Apparently, the left HomePod becomes the dominant HomePod. Why did they make that choice? But they did. Um, it's uh, le- left brain and, and right brain, you know, that, that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, apparently, all you need to do is go up to the HomePod that you want and you, you tap on it and you ask it to turn on Siri and then that will be the one. Uh, that uses it. Seems like a very simple way to do it. I just wished that it was more obvious. But yeah, so I will be trying that out. So once we're done today, uh, you guys have in the uh, in the show note Apple's holiday ad, which I've watched and I watched the behind the scenes, and it seems like the two of you have many more feelings about this than I do. Like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's... it may it, it brought tears to my eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about. Am I a monster? That I wasn't moved. You are. Maybe. You are an old man with a heart of stone. Um, <laughs> You've experienced every feeling you could possibly experience by now. Me and Federico still have new ones. There's nothing more for you to feel. Um, uh-huh. Is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Leave it to the teenagers here to yeah. share emotional comments on a commercial from a multi-billion corporation. Um, <laughs> um, this ad, uh, I, I like it because it it's something that resonates with me. Um, the idea of sometimes keeping your creative 
endeavors away from people. Because uh, and you feel like they're not good enough. Because you feel like they're not good enough or that nobody's going to like them or they're too personal or too, you know, people will not be able to relate to them or whatever. And the message of it's okay, like you, you should share your creativity with other people. Um, it's something that I struggle a lot of times myself and so seeing this message in in this ad and i love the style i love the the, the animation work and there's a dog and the fact that as a, as a dog person uh the fact that the dog is sort of helping the main character um overcome um this problem is even better for me because it's interesting like, you see it that way i just saw it as the dog made an accident like he just accidentally chased after something and opened the window. The dog knew what he was doing, Michael. Sure. Yeah, they always do, right? Dogs have. They always do. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything about this. Uh, yeah. They, they. This was done on purpose. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a message that resonates. It's yep. done in a style that I like. Yep. And there's a dog. So and there, you go. there is a behind the scenes video. Funnily enough, I, I don't know why this is. Both the ad and the behind-the-scenes video are the exact same length. I don't... Mm. It's just one of those... I noticed it. I was like, they're both two minutes and 53 seconds, huh? Why? <laughs> why are they both? Anyway, but they are. And the behind-the-scenes video shows that... I would never have guessed this. This The characters are CG. The environments are practical. They are sets. They are miniaturized sets that were built. And this added on to me because like, to, like the whole thing is about sharing your gifts, which is a great tagline. It's a great play on words, you know, like that you share your gifts with people, but also the holidays are a time when people share gifts with each other, right? It's very clever. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just remarked to talk about like sharing gifts, like showing these people, like the things that they're able to build, right? Like that is a gift, and and it is, I think this is a beautiful ad, and it has a wonderful message. Um, you know, I guess Stephen, I'm surprised you didn't at least get like ulterior because the the character whose name is Sophia or Sophie, I think um, they mentioned mm-hmm. in the in the behind the scenes, is just using a Mac. I thought that might have at least brought a tear to your eye. Yeah, she's creating on a Mac because you can't do real gift sharing. Yeah, that's true. I love the Supreme sticker. I think that's funny. Yes. I love the song by Billie Eilish. She's amazing. She's 16. Oh, uh, She's been making music since she was 11. So she's the perfect person for this ad, right? She's perfect. She got signed by a major label when she was 14, so two years ago. And if you have a HomePod, here's a teachy music tip. Thank you. If you have a HomePod, set it loud. So set it like 70 or 80% and play by Billie Eilish. Um, the title of the song is You Should See Me in a Crown. Trust me, HomePod, very loud during the day. Don't do this at night. Um, <laughs> you Should See Me in a Crown by Billie Eilish. You you right. will not regret it. Yeah, the, the song is great. And, I, and I'm not saying I don't like it. I like the message. I think the message is is great. Federico, it's interesting you say that you struggle with this. I struggle with the opposite, that sometimes I feel like... <laughs> My ideas are too good. <laughs> no, no, not that. No, I'm kidding. The mechanism, right? I feel like sometimes I only make things because I have to share them, and then I don't mm-hmm. make enough stuff just oh. for me that's private, which is like a different thing. But... um. Yeah, the the behind the scenes video really was cool. I had no idea that they were background sets. Like, like I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna watch like a two minute thing about how like CGI works, and it's like, oh, holy cow, they built a city, and like that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it shows how much. It's like the the HomePod video from earlier this year. 
with the uh, the room that it extends as she's dancing. Love like that Apple ad. puts a lot of money and effort into these things, and like that is really cool. I love that that HomePod ad is one of my favorite commercials of all time. I yeah have many times just watched it for fun, right? Like it's just a wonderful, wonderful ad. Let me ask you: in America, are Christmas ads a thing? Like emotional Christmas stories? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Because that's a thing that. That's I think it started here, like and it's John Lewis, right? Like John Lewis yeah, is the department store. Yeah. John Lewis's Christmas ad this year, it's probably the best they've ever done. Uh, should should I watch it? Oh, it's an Elton John ad. Oh my god. Ooh. Oh my mm. god. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to uh, the John Lewis Christmas ad. It is incredible. I cried. I cried my mm. eyes out watching it. So yeah. that's that. But yes, Apple's ad is very, very nice. Very nice. We don't have uh, emotional Christmas ads in Italy. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we do. Um, there was an, an an ad a few years ago that sort of became viral in among my friends on and on Facebook in Italy uh, from I think it was like a German or a, like a Danish supermarket chain. Um, it wasn't, I don't remember exactly details, but it was an ad about like this old man that was always spending his Christmas alone and then his family realizes and they spend Christmas together. And I swear, like I cried uh, a lot watching that ad. Uh, it was really beautiful and touching, uh, but they're not a thing in Italy. I think we are, we are too cynical as a, as a country to, to get emotional for ads. Um, yeah. Is Christmas commercialized significantly in Italy? Oh yeah, but not yes, yes. The, well, it's kind of weird because there's a there's this divide between the commercialized aspect of Christmas, of course, and the religious aspect because we have the Vatican. Because I would have figured the religious aspect was even more so than some other countries. There's a lot, like there's a lot of um, debate amongst you know the, b- between the religious people. Uh, who say, well, Christmas is now too commercialized and everybody else is just spending money. Um, so we we feel that that debate a lot because of the Vatican and because of the religious aspect of Italy. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's very commercialized and I feel like maybe this is happening everywhere, but I've been seeing Christmas decoration go up in late October, which is nonsense. Like, we're starting this thing earlier every year. Uh, I mean, next year we're probably gonna see Christmas stuff in August. I mean, why not? You know, ugh, it's crazy. It's harder outside of America because there's no Thanksgiving barrier. Yeah, yeah. right. They're pushing right through it. Oh, they more don't care anymore. anymore. <laughs> They're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving has uh, lots of holes in it, and Christmas oozes through. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Uh, I have one last thing I want to talk to you guys about today because I okay. saw this and I just want to know what you think. The twelve South Power Pick. <laughs> What is this? I have not looked at this yet. I I saw this and I wanted to react on the show, so I'm loading the page. Let me explain what this is for for our audio listeners. It is a wooden picture frame that hides a 10 watt Qi charger underneath the image. So okay, so it's just a picture frame, and you put your phone in the frame. And then okay. it will charge your phone up. So it's got like a stand. That's where it lives. You put it in there. 12 South have also, they've gone an extra step. They've created some images and wallpapers that pair together. So like they have one where it's like a blank sky with some marble floor. 
but when you put your iPhone in it, there is like a matching uh, Eiffel Tower or Tour de Eiffel. Is that it? I think that's it. I'm going to go with that. Um, that would then be in its place, so you complete the whole image. Uh, Wait, it comes... hold on. So you got to use their own wallpapers for this effect? No, you don't have to. You don't have to. You can use whatever you want, but they created a bunch of like freely downloadable images that pair together nicely, right? But you can do whatever you what? want. Or you don't have to have an image at all, right? Like you can just have a picture in the frame and then you just, you know. Can you put your own physical picture yes. in the frame? Yes, yes, yes. These okay. pictures, are, they are downloadable photos, right? So like you can download the images, you can print off the images to go in the frame and then you can download the wallpaper if you want to or you can just put any image you want in the frame. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I mean, um, I love 12 South. Um, they make some really great stuff. They make some questionable stuff too, though. This is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they I they feel make like great are... stuff, but then they also make like the, the cases that you stick. To... <laughs> no, the candle is like, that was, I think that was probably always a joke. Oh, the, the, the cases that look like a Bible that are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I don't like those. So, but... um, I feel like this is just approaching the 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 wild territory of it's a shower head, but it's also a G charger. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it's like, I, I, don't wa- I don't want this. I don't want to have. I don't want to have chips and cables and power in in every single object that I touch. I don't want to walk around the house with my hands with gloves and be like, "Ooh, is that a charger? Can I touch it?" It's like, well, it looks like a coffee maker, but actually, <laughs> if you put your phone on the top of it and also, I don't want that so um, <laughs> what uh, I would think if, if I went to someone's house and I saw a picture frame with an iPhone leaning in it I would not think <laughs> oh that's a charger I would think two things A that phone is just going to fall out of there and break but B who's f- who are they angry at that they are covering the face <laughs> of this former loved one with their phone right like oh that picture you know like I'm not talking to that person right now so I just covered them I just put my phone in there so I don't have to see them looking at me like, it's, it's I I, uh, well, I want to I, I'm trying to imagine the ideal user for this product somebody just casually walking around the house you know they're doing chores they're doing something and then this person is like who let me put my phone in the picture frame for a second and <laughs> to charge it like why would you do this I I don't I don't understand like uh. I don't I'm not going to buy this product because it's I just don't want it but I feel like I have a I understand it more than than you two do. Like, I, I feel like I kind of get it that, like, chi charges are ugly and, like, a picture frame is something that's always just sitting there anyway, wherever it's sitting. So, like, why not put a chi charger in the back? However, that that line of thinking does lead to many more ridiculous situations, as Federico has explained. So I do not encourage the line of thinking of why not put a chi charger in it. Like I don't like that I don't like that (laughs) sentence. Like why not put a chi charger in it? Because Mm -hmm. again, I will say, I've said this many times, chi charging makes me uncomfortable. It just makes me uncomfortable. There's just something about it that I don't like and I don't know why it is. And I don't I don't ban chi charging from my home. I'm thinking of getting a chi charger soon, but it's still I'm I feel more comfortable with a cable that I I plug into the phone. It's just, just, it's just how my brain is built. But what if you had a chi charger, mm-hmm. but it was not vertical? It was more like, um, like a mat, like, right. like a, like a something that you rest somewhere. Uh-huh. And what if it supported mm. multiple devices at once? 
like, say, an iPhone and your Apple Watch and your AirPods? Wouldn't that be nice? What would you call it? I don't know. Picture power? Like um, uh, Mm. power mat? Power Power mat. Power pad. Power pad. Power pad. Power pad. Like, somebody should work on that, you know? Sounds very good. Uh, She'll file a patent for it, maybe. (laughs) It's a good idea. All right. I think that does it for this very special episode of Connected. You can now no longer avoid your family. You must go to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, but if you just want a, a couple more minutes with us, head over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 219 to find links to all the stuff we talked about. You can get your cousin a uh, a photo that is also a wireless charger. Or you can buy AirPod stickers. Or you can watch a video of a guy making a movie on an iPad, which frankly seems impossible. All that stuff and more is over there. Relay FM uh, slash connected slash 219. While you're there, you can get in touch. You can send us feedback or follow-up. Follow-up goes at the beginning of the show. So if you email us, we read that first. Uh, or you can do so over on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y. K-E. Uh, Mike, of course, is the host of a lot of great shows on Relay FM. You can find Federico on tw- Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net and the founding executive uh, of HomePodColo.online. <laughs> so go check that out. Uh, by the time this is up, someone will have bought that, and I can't promise you where it goes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. And until our next episode, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.